You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, good morning. Welcome in. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. The Gordon Damer Show home to Michael K. Show trivia champion Gordon Damer. Yes, we got a whole bunch to do on this Thursday edition. Of course, you know the deal. One hour, we run through it all. Uh, the number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. You can follow me on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. Daily poll question is uh, up for today, people. And I believe that yesterday, you know, it's been a while since I screwed it up. Oh, no, the uh, one from yesterday is finally complete. You know, every once in a while, I'll put it up for the whole day. Uh, and usually the poll question, we just usually run through uh, Golik and Wingo. But today, we, uh, I got it right. And by we, I mean me. I got it right. So uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. But it's up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, if you want to get. Moment of inspiration today. And I got to admit to you, screwed one up yesterday. Complete, huge, huge miss by me. But we'll rectify it today, and I'm sure uh, it will upset some of you. I'm going to go out on a limb right now and know that some of you are going to say, wow, Gordon, I'm doing all the normal things you do and say, I don't really listen to you sometimes, So, but that's how I hear some people when they complain. But look, my job is to do the best thing for the show. So even though some small portion of the audience will be upset by it, you got to do it. But let's get to the headlines today. The headlines include Aaron Judge, Jacob deGrom's health, and this new scandal involving Dan Snyder's football team, the TBAs. <laughs> I guess that's what they're going with. And you know what? There's a story, I'm sure if, you, if you've been on Twitter or you've heard the rumble, this is supposed to be this real big story involving uh, the, the culture surrounding Dan Snyder's football team. And I think, just maybe, this story, if it does get released, it's expected to be released today, if it does get released, you know, this pro- it's a new problem, but it could actually solve their first problem. So we'll get into that, too. But let's start with the Aaron Judge. He finally played in his inter-squad game yesterday. Hit a home run as well. That's awesome. So hopefully the issues are behind him. He sounded afterwards like there's no reason to panic. There's no reason to be concerned that he's going to be good to go. And that in terms of the injury stuff in the past, he, you know, they've been kind of fluky things, and he's just going to go about it doing things the same way. But let's hear from Aaron Judge. Uh, how is your neck, Aaron? No, nah, no issues. No nothing. Um, still not 100%, but good enough to play. So I was out there just to get some at-bats and uh, to see how it felt. So we're, we're all good. All right. Does it get frustrating to know all these injuries and how you can stay healthy? Yeah, uh, that's that's kind of what spring training is about. Is you know these these games really don't matter right now. It's about getting ready for you know opening day. So you know if I didn't play a single spring training game, but I'm ready to play for opening day, I'm gonna be excited about that. So uh, yeah, I'm not really too worried about it. You know, you break a wrist. You know, you break a you know break a bone in your ribs. You know, from diving trying to make a play for your pitcher, um, get hit in the wrist by a pitcher. You know, it's just freak things. You know, but I'm gonna keep playing this game hard, and that's all I know. All right, so Aaron Judge, look, he is the best positional player in baseball in New York. And he is vitally important to the Yankees. And when you've missed 100 games over the last two years, and you're entering a season where every game basically counts as three, not hard to see why any health concern is greater for him than with anyone else, especially given that he has been banged up an awful lot over the last two years. 
So hope, I'm going to need a little bit more time myself to, to feel confident that this is not going to be an issue down the road because it kind of always feels like there's these, um, these, uh, these false turns that you think, all right, everything's good. And then, oh, you know what? Actually, it's not good. And in fact, it's actually the worst thing ever. So hopefully uh, this is going to be a story that we don't really focus on when we come on the airwaves on Monday at all and start gearing up for the start of the baseball season, which for the Yankees, I think, what is it, eight days away? I think it's eight days. As if that was not fantastic enough, you got some other great news yesterday for being a Yankee fan that DJ LeMahieu is expected back this week now, today, as I said, Thursday, all day. So I'm guessing he, he's not going to be back today, I don't think, but I'm guessing by maybe Saturday, Sunday, if they're saying this week. So you got eight days until the season starts. Now, I don't know if that's going to be enough time for him to be there opening day. You certainly hope so. And, you know, LeMahieu is a machine, so I'm not ruling it out. But I am fascinated to see what kind of season he has. And he became a fan favorite last year because he was unbelievable. And his power numbers last year were off the charts and a complete outlier for what he has done in his career. Now, when he was signed, I said, you know, I was not a huge fan of the move because he was always, what made it interesting was he is a guy who's always hit the ball hard, but he's always hit the ball on the ground. So batting average is nice, but it's not really how you judge players anymore. You know, it's not 1970 anymore. We have better stats that show actual value rather than, than batting uh, average. You know, to say that somebody won the batting crown when they lead the league in batting average is kind of, it's not, it's not based in reality. A batting crown should mean you are the best hitter. And being the best hitter is not tied into batting average. But his power numbers last year were off the charts. And you're, you're interested to see, not that he necessarily has to do the exact same thing again, that's very hard to do, but is that an indication of where he is as a player and he's changed his swing and all these type of things and, and realizes the importance of home runs and all those type of things rather than just having a robust batting average? And it's possible the Yankees could have a real decision to make after this year. He's a free agent after this year. He's going to be 32. I want him back. You want him back. But can he come anywhere close to matching what he did last season? I don't think it's guaranteed, but it's going to be fascinating to watch. So to hear that DJ LeMahieu uh, is going to be back with the team sometime here before the end of the week after dealing with the COVID stuff, that's fantastic news. And it gives you a little bit, like, part of it is you want to get excited for baseball, but you have this other thing that's hanging out there, right? So to see somebody who did test positive and then come back, I, I feel like it makes the situation feel a little bit more manageable as a fan than maybe it seems like at times. So good news there. Also good news, Jacob deGrom. His tests came back clean, left after the one inning the other night because of back stiffness, something that he has dealt with some a little bit in the past, not much, but... He is day-to-day, as if anyone in 2020 is day-to-day. The listing is hour-to-hour, minute-to-minute. The thing with DeGrom, and we kind of brought this up yesterday, is his health is probably more vital to his team than maybe any single player's health is to their team. Because with Jacob DeGrom, assuming that he has a representative Jacob deGrom season like he's had the last couple of years. With him, 
the Mets are at one level, and without him, they're sunk. (laughs) I mean, there's no other way to put it. With him, Jacob deGrom, healthy and doing Jacob deGrom things, the Mets this year should be the favorites to win the National League East. That's how important he is. And without him, if he were to miss half a season, even a couple of weeks, right? Like if we're saying that every game is basically what, like three, then, you know, a a 15-day stint on the DL is, 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 what, 45 days. So he, he is vitally important to the Mets. With Jacob deGrom, the Mets should be the favorites in the National League East this year. Well, how can you say that? It's a very competitive division. Well, what have we talked? What has everybody talked about this year? What is the biggest thing, the most important thing to have? Your health. And the Mets right now are healthy. I don't know about the Marlins. I have not checked in on the Marlins. The Marlins could be as healthy. They could be eating their uh, their, their Flintstones vitamins every single day. It's not going to make much of a difference. But the the other four teams, the Mets are healthier than anyone else. The Braves have lost Freddie Freeman. For I don't know how long. I don't think he's back. He's not back in camp yet. And if he's not back in camp by now, he's not going to be ready for the start of the season. And Freddie Freeman is not just like some guy. He's like the best guy in the Braves. Imagine the Mets lost. Imagine the level of panic right now. If it turned out that um, Pete Alonso was going to be at. Look at just what with Jacob DeGrom. Oh my God, it's happening. The level of panic, right? Braves, they don't know when they're getting Freddie Freeman back. Nick Markakis is already out. Cole Hamels, they might not get anything out of him all year. The Nats lost Anthony Rendon to free agency. They don't have Soto in camp. I think he's supposed to show up either today or tomorrow. Howie Kendrick's not in camp for them. Ryan Zimmerman has already opted out of the season. The Phillies have four players out with COVID right now, including their starting second baseman and their closer. How can you say that the Mets shouldn't be? They're the healthiest team, and that is the biggest factor going into this season. Now, look, the season could play. I'm not saying they're going to stay healthy the whole year. Who knows? That's to be decided. We'll watch and see how it turns out. But at least right now on July 16th, with about a week to go before the season gets underway, barring some change in the health of the team, which with the Mets you never know, They should be the favorites, plus the added DH helps them more than anybody else. The fact that Ioannis Cespedes is healthy in a contract year, certainly with a chip on his shoulder after missing all the time. He put out that hype video even before this whole thing happened, and now having the extra DH, that extra spot in the lineup, all you got to do is keep Cespedes healthy for 60 games, and he could have a major, major impact. And let's say, all right, Cespedes doesn't stay healthy, which, look, at his age, given the, the amount of stuff that's happened to him in the past, it's, it would not be a stretch to think that he's not able to stay healthy, although everything's lined up perfectly for him. But let's say, let's take him out of the, uh, out of the equation. The Mets have a lot of guys who could use that DH spot quite well, guys who can hit but you know, really don't have a position. J.D. Davis is one that comes to mind immediately. Dom Smith is another. You can have Robinson Cano DH and stop clogging up second base from uh, Jeff McNeil, who really should probably be this in a perfect world. He would be the second baseman. And then the only other team you talk about, the Phillies. Phillies are not as good. Now, again, health could always go sideways for anyone. 
But as we sit here on July 16th, the Mets absolutely should be the favorites to win the National League East. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, we will touch on this much-discussed story about Dan Snyder and his football team. Oh, my goodness. Everybody's buzzing about it, but nobody's saying what it is. But we're going to find out it looks like today. Also, who could possibly care this much about Dak Prescott and his contract? I mean, we're going to go through this whole thing again. And that actually ties into the poll question for today. It's up on Twitter. It's at Gordon Damer. I don't know. I feel like we've done this one before, but maybe not. Let's, let's say that we haven't. But the uh, poll question for today is, do you care even a little bit about Dak Prescott's contract? Either, oh my God, yes. OMG, yes. Which, I look, I, you could go with any question. When it has OMG in it, I don't think that I could vote for that. Or B, not in the slightest. Now, our poll question, which is up for today, it's on Twitter. It's at Gordon Damer. It is, uh, do you care even a little bit about Dak Prescott's contract? Even the slightest. Even when you see, you know, you're watching a show and they tease, you know, you look at the rundown and they have Dak Prescott and his contract. Do you even stay for an extra second? Because I got to be honest, and I'm hoping that this uh, makes me have uh, faith again in society. Uh, I, I got to be honest, uh, I could not possibly care less. And maybe it's because, maybe if it were just starting fresh right now. Maybe I would care, right? It's football. Who everybody loves football. It's the quarterback position. It's rankings. It's it's value. Oh yeah, those are things are all interesting. Now Dak did not get his long term extension yesterday with the Cowboys, so he's going to play under the franchise tag this year. He'll be a free agent again uh, next year. I think uh, he's going to make what is it thirty two million dollars this year. If he were to be franchised again, he'd get paid thirty seven. And there's, you know, all these questions. Does he get a new deal next year? Does he walk as a free agent? How much is he worth? His brother, Tad, is said to be furious at the Cowboys. And I am too. Mainly because now I'm going to have to hear about Dak's contract for another full year. Every day, every day. When things happen, you hear about it. And when things don't happen, you hear about it. You hear about it every single day. I can't imagine anyone caring that much, even Cowboy fans. Think about your quarterback, whatever your favorite team is. Do you want to hear about his contract every single day? I already heard all about it last year. Now, I realize if he would have signed a long-term deal that I would have heard about that. Is he measuring up to his new contract? Is he overpaid? Is he under? I realize that. But if he had signed a new deal... That would at least been a thing that I've not already heard. It would be something new. But instead, now all the same talk, oh my God. I can't imagine that Dak Prescott even cares that much. Every single day? And already I'm hearing, well, what are they going to do in 2021? I don't know. Leave me out of it. I don't know what I'm doing in August, never mind 2021. Jeez, every day. And we've I brought this up in the past. The 90 percentile, very, very difficult to reach in any poll. To get 90% of people 
to agree on any single thing. Is the sun hot? It's almost impossible to do. I think it's happened. We run poll questions every single day. And I think we've reached the 90 percentile maybe five times. If we don't reach the 90 percentile today, I will be disappointed in society. I still, I can't imagine anyone caring this much. I mean, I would just say to you, if you do, find a hobby. Sign up for Netflix. It's available. I mean, you have to pay a couple of, I think, was it $10 a month, $12, whatever it is. It's worth it. So you're not focusing on Dak Prescott and his contract every day. What a turn. Oh, my goodness. And it would be one thing if something was happening. It's like, no, we got we got we got to feed this monster every single day, all the shows, all the shows. So uh, you can vote on the uh, poll question. It's up on Twitter. And just in terms of what the story is, the Cowboys tried to sign him. I keep saying, oh, they made a huge mistake. Well, it, it, or no, it, it could be a huge mistake for the Cowboys. Yes, it could. It could also be a huge mistake for him. They tried to sign. They were willing to make him one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL. I think outside of, of, of Patrick Mahomes, obviously, who's a, a, another stratosphere. I think he would have been second to Russell Wilson. And he turned that down. Now, maybe he's right to do that. Maybe if he stays healthy, playing the, the franchise game is the best way to go. But he's never going to be on a more talented team than he is right now. And I don't think anybody actually thinks that Dak Prescott taking Patrick Mahomes out of it is a top three quarterback in the NFL. And if they do, maybe that level of delusion is a reason why they um, are focused every single day on his contract. Maybe his brother Tad thinks so. Tad doesn't know how much longer he can start. He can keep rooting for the Cowboys. Oh, my God. I'm sure Jerry Jones, when he heard that about Tad, he had to be devastated. What, Tad is off the band? Oh, my God. Devastating news today, people. All right, so the, um, t- the other headline that I wanted to touch on was this uh, Washington uh, TBAs, TBDs story that uh, has um, been, I guess, kind of talked about and and been trending for a while. And I woke up this morning and I saw that Dan Snyder's name was trending. And I thought, oh boy, that can't be good. (laughs) I mean, for him, like you knew when you clicked on that hashtag, it was not going to be, you know what? Dan Snyder, actually a wonderful human being. No, you knew when you, when you saw Dan Snyder's name trending on Twitter that it was going to be something bad. It's not, it's not going to be good. And it apparently is tied into this story that uh, is expected to be released today or hit today from the Washington Post. We kind of mentioned it yesterday. It certainly seems like, and I'm not going to give you the details because I don't know what the details are and I'm not going to be spreading rumors, but it certainly seems like it has something to do with the cheerleaders who have worked with the team. Uh, and look, if, if, if little old me can find what it seems like the story is going to be about and would line up with the thoughts of a toxic organization, well, then uh, it would seem like uh, you should be able to find that, right? Like if me, if I can do it in the little time that I have, you should be able to find that as well. Maybe stop looking at Dak Prescott stories and, uh, you know, do a little Googling. Uh, I think that maybe... Just maybe they might have hit on something. Maybe they should rename the team the Bombshells. I keep seeing that the, this, this Washington bombshell is going to be hitting the newsstands today. And I thought, you know what? Forget about red tails or red wolves or red this or red or warriors. or 
The Washington Bombshells. I kind of like it. It's not bad. It's got some flavor. It's certainly better than Browns or Texans. It's certainly better than the Wild. The Wild. The Predators. I mean, that's not a great barometer. The Washington Pencils would be better than the, the Wild. But the Washington Bombshells. I kind of like it. I could de- a little uh, maroon and gold bombshell. And it would probably tick off a lot of people that don't like the militaristic uh, focus of, of, of football. That'd be fantastic. And then last story that I saw yesterday, headline, it's not as important, obviously, but one of the questions is, is can you have fans in the stands this year, obviously, when football, and who knows at this point, right? Who knows what the world will be looking like? But there was a headline yesterday. Officials in Buffalo wonder if the Bills can safely tailgate at games this season. Well, let me, again, just little old me, even though I am Michael K. Show trivia champion Gordon Damer, it's not like, you know, a little, a little slow, Brian. Get that coffee in you, my buddy. Uh, let me answer that one for you. Uh, no, you can't. If you're worried about safety and you're worried about COVID at all, no, you can't tailgate. Do you get the sense that people at tailgates would socially distance? Just, just that. I mean, like, if you think that that's a thing or don't think it, just let's focus on clearly the reason they're asking this is because they believe it's a thing, which most people, uh, uh, most people realize it's a thing. But, but just go with the other side. Let's look at it from the other person's point of view. Do you get a sense that if you allowed people to tailgate that they would socially distance? Do you get the sense that they would wear masks? I don't. So the answer to the question is no. And they even bring up in the article. They can't get Bills fans to stop throwing each other through flaming tables. Do you get the sense that people who occupy their time at a blood alcohol level high enough where they don't feel getting thrown through a table that has been set on fire? I mean, I know it's a couple of years ago now but they had to eject fans from throwing um i can't use the word that i want to use fake weens on the field repeatedly okay those are the people we're talking about people that are tailgating generally uh they're not they're not a hundred percent there let's put it that way they're they're having some alcohol not everyone i understand that there is a, a party atmosphere but for a lot of people partying and uh, Real Sports did a, a fantastic piece. A lot of these people, they're, they're showing up to games, and uh, whether they not they can actually remember the game is a whole thing. So can, if you're wondering, can you safely tailgate at games this year, I can give you the answer with 100% accuracy. The answer is no. I figure you're here to negotiate. Am I right? You're amazing. You figured this all out already. <laughs> hey, business is business. You use a gun, I use a fountain pen. What's the difference? Let's put it in my terms. You're here in a hostile takeover. You grab us for some green mail, but you didn't expect some poison pill was going to be running around in the building. Am I right? Hans, Bobby, I'm your white knight. Oh, Ellis. Fantastic, Ellis. Cut down in his prime. Hopped up on cocaine. 
Your moment of inspiration for this Thursday morning, Gordon Damer Show, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. A fantastic uh, uh, ad right there for uh, not uh, doing uh, drugs, right? If Ellis had not been all hopped up on cocaine, he would not have had the confidence to think that he could negotiate with Hans Gruber, which turned out to be, very quickly, didn't take a long time to analyze that move. That turned out to be a mistake. Your rewatchable movie bracket runner-up, Die Hard, released 32 years ago yesterday. I don't know how in God's green earth I missed that yesterday. I have to blame the grogginess of, of waking up at this hour. But 32 years ago yesterday, redefined the action genre. And every movie since that became, that became the template, right? Die Hard on a plane, Air Force One. Die Hard on a bus is speed. Die Hard on a mountain is cliffhanger. And uh, it's, it's a, a classic case of how to build a story and have the action always progressing. It's a lean movie. There's no wasted scenes. There's nothing that could be cut out. Everything is vital. And uh, it kind of redefined the uh, whole action genre. No longer does the hero fight one villain. He's fighting a multitude of villains operating independently of each other, Hans, the police, the FBI, the media. And, um, you know, I was reading a little bit about it yesterday, and it's one of those things that you don't even notice, but you do notice, but subliminally, the way they arranged objects in the shots that had John McClane, they did so strategically to make him look small in like this labyrinth, right? Because it all takes place in the one place, the the Nakatomi building. So they would place objects to make him, and, and they would also place him kind of like towards the edge of the frame. And um, it's really kind of like the old Western storyline uh, of the guy kind of dropped into a scenario that uh, he, he didn't want or expect. And, and it's kind of, you know, part of the reason why they uh, bring up old Westerns during the movie. But Die Hard. 32 years ago, yesterday, really, that's 32, 1988 is 32 years ago. Wow. Uh, did we have any other scenes from Die Hard? I know we had a bunch, Brian, when we did the rewatchable movie bracket. Hit me with another one. Mr. Mystery Guest. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Unless you want to open a front door for me. Uh, no, I'm afraid not. But you have me at a loss. You know my name, but who are you? Just another American who saw too many movies as a child. Another orphan of a bankrupt culture who thinks he's John Wayne, Rambo, Marshall Dillon. I was always kind of partial to Roy Rogers, actually. I really like those sequined shirts. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-ki-yay. Yes. Well, you know, we, can't, we can only do so much, right? We can't go all the way. Even even as as little uh, attention as people are paying to the show, we we, we wouldn't we wouldn't be able to do that one. But it is the Gordon Damer Show, ninety eight point seven FM, ESPN, New York. And um, if you ever, are, if you are a fan like I am of, uh, and everyone is right, like I, I understand that the uh, the Dark Knight fans were all hopped up uh, and all crazed about Die Hard taking it down when the 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 contest was actually ruled uh, legitimately, but. Everybody's a fan of Die Hard. How could you not be? It's fantastic. But uh, if you're ever interested in it, there's a show on Netflix called How Things Are Made or The Way Things Are Made or something. And they go back to a lot of things in the 80s. And one of them is 
that they focused on was the movie Die Hard and uh, how it had a lot of obstacles going in. And Bruce Willis, when they showed it to test screenings, uh, Bruce Willis was not your typical action hero. And that movie obviously put him on the map as a uh, big time action star. That's what happens when you're in one of the iconic films of a decade. Uh, you know, and also I saw that, um, and I've been thinking about this for a while, but, you know, because people love the rewatchable movie bracket, maybe coming up with another area, you know, another topic, not movies maybe, but TV shows or other things. Uh, I saw that Breaking Bad was trending this morning. And uh, look, everybody has their favorites, but in the golden age of TV, Breaking Bad is the best. I mean... So many shows. That's how you know. Think about how many shows have come out since Breaking Bad and basically we're trying to do exactly what Breaking Bad did, just not nearly as well. And really, whether it's your favorite, whether it's this, whether it's that, you have to say Breaking Bad, was in terms of the term binge-worthy, the term binge-worthy started with Breaking Bad. It was that first show you had to see the next episode and you had the ability to do so, right? If, if The Sopranos came out a little bit later and was available on streaming devices, then maybe that would have been the first binge-worthy show. But nobody started that show, Breaking Bad. Basically, nobody started that show when it actually started. Everybody caught up on Netflix. And it was, the, it was a common theme, right? Like it would be 1 o'clock in the morning. You got to get up for work the next morning. And you would be convincing yourself, well, you know what? An episode's only 40 minutes. I can squeeze it in. Everybody had that same experience. So um, I'm not exactly sure why Breaking Bad was uh, trending, but it allowed me to bring up Breaking Bad, which uh, I will do at any, at any, uh, any excuse to do so. All right, it is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. You know what? I wanted to play a little bit of uh, Luis Rojas, who was uh, talking yesterday about Jacob deGrom, and he gave the update about deGrom that it doesn't look like um, – that this is going to be a big deal, uh, didn't show anything, the uh, tests after he had the back stiffened up. I guess the, the big question was for Luis Rojas is, is this going to affect DeGrom's opening day status? Here's Luis Rojas. Yeah, it's a, well, it's a little bit too early still you, to, uh, I mean, to make those, those decisions. I mean, we're, we're waiting on the reassess, we're waiting on the results, um, you know, for this weekend, and you know, obviously that will take us to that opening day as well. I mean, it's too early. Uh, we'll see. We'll see where it is. I mean, back muscle uh, tightness. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to see what comes out of the MRI, and then we'll we'll have uh, you know some the, when we have the results, and we'll we'll share what a plan is of uh, you know how, what Jacob's status is. All right. So that was obviously before the test came back clean. Uh, then you had Aaron Boone on the Michael K show yesterday talking about a variety of topics, including the news yesterday, uh, I think it was Ken Rosenthal that broke it, about uh, when do you expect D.J. LeMahieu back? Ken Rosenthal reporting that he is expected back this week. I don't know whether or not Boone answered it that way. Let's find out. We'll see. We'll see when he gets here, you know, when that is and he's able to start going. He's He is, you know, probably at the top of the list as far as guys that I'm confident that's going to come in as ready as he can be. You know, he was one of those guys that stayed in Tampa throughout quarantine, was able to really work the entire time. And it's really just been the last couple of weeks that he's been home. The good thing is he's been not sick, so he's been symptom free the whole time. So he's been able to do a little bit. So we'll just kind of make a try and make a really good evaluation about where he's at when he gets 
gets here, you know, we'll build him up properly. You know, we'll we certainly understand the urgency, but we're we'll also you know look out for the best interests of the player and making sure he's he's safely ready to go when it when it's time. Yeah, and I, I guess it kind of is up in the air whether or not you know if he gets back Saturday or Sunday. I wouldn't think that they, if he's been working the whole time, it really shouldn't take that much to get him ready for opening day. But I guess that uh, remains to be seen. The one thing that I do think that you know, just as a fan, seeing him be able to come back, and a lot of the guys that tested positive have not been back yet. You know, Freddie Freeman's a big name. Uh, Chapman's not back yet. Lemayhew, he's he's coming back. I guess it does make you a little bit more optimistic that the season will be able to take place, right? Because when everybody starts showing up and you have all these all this negative news, right? I talk about, you know, hopping on Twitter to doom surf for an hour or so and you just get pelted with this negative thing and that negative thing um, even despite the 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 news 2 days ago about the, the possible vaccine moving forward. It does make you you kind of negative about the possibility of actually being able to carry out the entire season so to see you know hopefully it's going to be not too long before other guys who have tested positive and i would guess that even when the season begins you're going to have other guys testing positive hopefully it doesn't become an overwhelming thing where you got to shut down the sport but just in terms of your optimism pessimism level i think seeing at least one guy come back and seemingly at least be in the conversation for being ready for opening day, I, I know for me, it makes me a little bit more optimistic about the possibility of this season, even being as short as it is, being carried out and being carried out as planned, which not a lot has gone uh, according to plan. Here is uh, Aaron Boone talking about uh, Araldus Chapman. I don't know. You know, we'll just see. Just depends when he's when he's through it and sometimes impossible to predict if it's going to be a couple of days, a couple of weeks, you know, who knows? I mean, we'll just see. I know he's doing well and he's feeling well, but obviously there's a lot of things that have to happen before you get back. All right. And then uh, I guess the other one that I did want to play was, um, you know, what's his, his level of concern about everything that's going on this season? Is he concerned at all? No, that said, I, I understand the risk that's involved. I understand there's, things that can come up but I I feel very much this is where I'm supposed to be and you know hopefully do my part to to help this be a success and um, you know hopefully we as a you know as a sport and and, and in the sports world can do our part and bring in some some level of joy and distraction to people's lives. All right so there's Aaron Boone on the case show yesterday talking about uh, some Yankee issues Luis Rojas talking about some Met issues so uh, coming up, we'll get uh, kind of reset on the morning, the Mets angles, the Yankee angle, the Dak Prescott story, some other stuff as well. And uh, I think that the Washington bombshells, that's the, that should be the name. Sometimes things just kind of line up perfectly. I think it has more flavor than the Red Tails or the Red Wolves, right? The Warriors, whatever other lame thing they're going to use. And it does make you wonder, like we don't know the details of this Washington story, but would there ever be a story? I mean, how unbelievably bad would it have to get, do you think, before NFL owners and the NFL, which are made up of the owners, would ever force a owner to sell? Is there, is there a story out there that you think could ever take place? We saw it in the NBA with, um, of course, uh, the Clippers. But would there ever – I don't think that it would ever, even as powerful as NBA owners are, 
I don't think that there would be anything in the NFL that would force the NFL to ever. It seems like that was the conversation. I think that's a lot of wishful thinking by a lot of Washington fans hoping that they're a terrible owner who's done basically everything wrong for the 20 years that he's owned the team on the field. I'm not even talking about off the field. On the field. That they could finally be rid of him. Our poll question, which is up for today on Twitter, and uh, some movement. We are still breaking the 90 percentile, but just ever so slightly. And I thought that this was one at least would uh, restore my faith in society to a certain degree. And the poll question is, do you care even a little bit about Dak Prescott's contract? And all morning, at least throughout the show, which is only, what, 50 minutes old? Uh, not, not in the slightest has been running away. And then, look, of course, unless you're a Cowboys fan, why would you ever care about Dak Prescott's contract? But the 90 percentile, very tough to reach. And we have been doing it so far rather comfortably. We were at 97% at one point. We were at 100% at one point, but that was only when there was like 50 votes. Now, as we, you know, move into the morning, you're going to get some trolls in there that are just going to throw out the, oh, my God, yes. But right now, still clinging to 90%. And and look, if this one doesn't break the 90 percentile, if people honestly care as much about Dak Prescott's contract as the coverage would seem to suggest, well, then I really do have to, I have to question people. And that comes after uh, yesterday there was a story by The Post that I retweeted, and it was about a fish with, with teeth. And the, the headline was, Fish with luscious human lips and teeth perplexes, arouses social media. Arouses? Is that the, is that the word you were going for there? I don't think it should be. So that's troublesome. But uh, if we don't, I think even more, more so than really anything that has happened in 2020, which has been... Uh, one curveball after another. I think that uh, if we don't get 90 percentile on the uh, poll question today, then oof, really have to uh, question a lot of you and what's going on in your lives. And why don't you have a hobby? Just go get a hobby. You can find a hobby. Find something that interests you and just get into it. But in terms of the headlines of the day, we uh, talked about Aaron Judge finally playing in his intra-squad game yesterday. He had a home run. So showing that he is uh, healthy, at least hopefully this issue is now behind him. It's not going to be something that on Saturday all of a sudden stiffens up again or has issues tomorrow, right? Sometimes that happens after you have a little bit of activity that it's not the, that right in that moment. It's a couple of days later. And I pointed out Aaron Judge is the best positional player in New York. He is vitally important to the Yankees. He is their best offensive player despite all the, the weapons they have up and down the lineup. He is the best positional player in New York. This conversation about between him and Pete Alonso is silly, given that Judge is a complete player. And um, he is an excellent right fielder. And the problem for him is he's missed 100 games over the last, or actually more than that over the last two years. So every game this year being worth triple the normal season, not hard to see why health is a concern for every team. But it's even greater for players like Judge who have not been able to stay healthy. So that's an important thing for him to, to show that he's going to be ready for opening day and that these injury concerns, and a lot of them have been things that you know can't be controlled, obviously. And when you look at this, this most recent one, though, 
Uh, it's troublesome because it's not like it's a chip bone or this thing or that thing. It's it's something that there's not really any treatment for. You just kind of have to wait for it to go away, and hopefully it is behind him now. And then, of course, we heard from Aaron Boone talking about DJ the Mayhew. The reports are he's expected back this week. So we'll see if he is able to go at the start of the season. And he is going to be a fascinating player to watch because last year was a very unexpected year in terms of his level of production. I think he finished third or fourth in the MVP vote. Not many people would have thought that. And him now entering a contract year, right? You're going to be basing this season. Uh, it's going to influence what the, the contract details are going to be after this season. And he's a guy you want back. You love his approach. He was an absolute machine last year. But I think that the Yankees' decisions are going to be obviously related to how he does this year. Last year was such an outlier in terms of his level of production. Now, is that because he has has kind of remade his swing and remade his approach? Or is that just, you know, a guy having a career year, one year, and not a real indication of what kind of player he is? We'll find that out. But I don't think that coming anywhere close to matching what he did last year – that is certainly not guaranteed, especially when this season is going to kind of be an outlier, right? Just having 60 games to judge anything is going to be difficult. But it's great news that he's getting close, and the, the LeMahieu thing, obviously, is being a Yankee fan, it's going to, to influence me that way. But in terms of him being back and, and coming back from COVID, not that it makes it a great difference, but just being able to swing it a little bit in the direction of, hey, you know what? This might actually be doable to get through a season. You know, to see one guy at least come back and uh, not be out for long stretches of the season, it makes you a little bit more optimistic. Maybe not a lot, maybe just the you know percentage points, but every little bit helps because at points this year, especially with the uh, the amount of doom and gloom that has surrounded so many things this year. You, you kind of wonder uh, whether or not – and I still have questions, right? You still have questions about every league. You have questions about the NBA. You have questions about baseball. And certainly to see that the NFL owners are going to be holding these meetings now to kind of get some things on paper in terms of what the season was actually going to look like. Guys, what have you been doing? Uh, I mean, the time is of the – I mean, training camps are not that far off. Might be a good time to get a move on things. It's like uh, George when he was writing the script on Seinfeld. Ah, we got a good beat on it. We'll try again tomorrow. Then you have the Mets stuff with Jacob deGrom. His test coming back clean yesterday. So he's day-to-day. And when you kind of look at it, right, it's not really a stretch to say that deGrom is vitally important to the Mets. If they, if they have him, to me, they should win the National League East this year. Just to, I mean, we, we all talk about, right? Like, how, how can anybody debate that? We, we've all, we all are in agreement that health is going to be the biggest, have the biggest impact this year, more so than anything else. That health alone could swing which teams make the playoffs, which teams don't. And while the NL East is a super competitive division, take a look at all the other teams. Either guys who are out because of of positive tests, guys who are sitting out the season, the Nats who lost uh, Rendon in free agency, Zimmerman opting out, Marcakis opting out. I mean, the Mets, in terms of health, assuming that this DeGrom thing is no issue and assuming that Cespedes is actually able to get to the start of the season without having any health concerns, the Mets are the healthiest of the four teams by far. So if you're saying that it was a competitive division going into the year, 
I think that there's no reason to think. I mean, the Phillies as well. You might want to throw the Phillies in there. They've, they've had a bunch of guys test positive. The Mets have been relatively healthy. Now, that doesn't mean that that will be the case moving forward. But on July 16th, yeah, the Mets should be the favorites to win the NL East. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Let's get some calls in here. We'll go out to uh, Spike is in Jersey. Spike, what's going on? Hey, my friend. It's, uh, if, if you were away from this country for six months and you heard yourself saying coming back from COVID, it would sound like a vacation spot. I tell yeah. you, this has been a hell of a six months. Um, listen, DeGrom, he's had this two or three years ago, if I remember correctly, right? The soreness in the back. He had it two years ago, I think. Okay, but it, was, it didn't turn out to be anything. Yeah, yeah. so it's just a function of uh, not the regular motion. But I'm starting to get a little psyched about sports. And then on the other hand, I'm looking at the hot spots. We've talked about this for two weeks now. I, I guess you got to give it a shot and see what happens. And I'll say it again. I just hope it goes smoothly. We know people are going to get infected, and there'll be a 30 for 30 or an or HBO special on that NBA bubble at some point. There's no question about that. Yeah, uh, look, that's going to be a fascinating thing just from the personalities involved. And, Spike, thanks for the call. Um, yeah, I mean, the NBA and, and the bubble and uh, the snitch line and uh, the accommodations and whether or not uh, guys are, are using that time to, to figure out the next power team that's going to be uh, hooked up through free. I mean, all that stuff is very, very interesting. But for, the, for every sport, I think that the, the part of, of the uncertainty right now is – Clearly, guys are going to. There's going to be guys who test positive. There's going to be guys who uh, have to miss time. But is it ever going to get set to a point where it becomes overwhelming and an entire team is going to have to be shut down, or is there going to be a situation where the the sport is going to have to be put on pause to see the the predictable way that it's like at least to happen with what uh, it seems like with DJ LeMahieu, right? Test positive, stays healthy. He's working out the whole time leaves, comes back. Assuming you get more and more cases like that, it does make you start to feel a little bit more confident with about a week to go before the season that this is actually going to be doable, at least to start. How it goes from there, who knows. You know how it goes for our show? It doesn't. It's over. We'll see you tomorrow starting at 5. It's 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. Vote on the poll question, please. We'll see you tomorrow. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.